This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. You found the Playmakers on CBS Sports Radio 1140. Paul and Lindsay, Playmakers on this Friday afternoon. Thanks for hanging out with us today. We are down finally with last night's win at the Fortress to our final four in the NHL on this strange season that we are in, but not so strange. Your Vegas Golden Knights find themselves in a matchup with epic proportions against the only Canadian team left, a team that you are probably not really familiar with, but will soon get very familiar with over the next 48 hours to help us with that and the other Final four matchup in the NHL. We bring in our good friend, a columnist and analyst for TSN Sports, Travis Yost. Travis, thanks for coming back, man. Of course. How are you guys doing today? We're doing pretty good, Travis. I mean, I'm definitely doing better than ABS fans are obviously doing. Before we get into the Stanley Cup semis that I'm calling, because it's not really the Western Conference or the Eastern Conference final this year, but I was within like 10 feet of the press suite where the ABS brass was chilling, and I had my eye on Joe Sackick for a lot of uh, the night, especially down the, the stretch as their season disintegrated. What kind of chiropractic adjustment does that team need to make? Because it's very easy to overcorrect in a situation and as disappointing as a finish as the Avs suffered last night. Uh, I don't know if I don't know if it's a hot take or a cold take. I really, you guys got to be the one to calibrate this. But my take here is that they should do very little, and the reason why is lost in all of this is. Up, Colorado, favorite to emerge out of the division. They're, you know, maybe the most talented team in the league. Like, did that really change after this series? No. They lost to the only team in the NHL with a better net goal differential than them over the course of the season, which I underscore and triple, quadruple highlight because as good as Colorado was all season long, they played one of the only two teams that are commensurate, or in this case, maybe even slightly better in the case of Vegas, um, depending on how you think Nikita Kucherov's absence impacted Tampa Bay's regular season performance. But I guess the point is, like, why are we bucketing Colorado with the Torontos and the Edmontons and these other teams who have had early postseason failures? Like, is it true that Colorado had had early exits in, in prior seasons that might have been disappointing? Yes, but how on earth can you look back at this season they dominate the entire regular season. They 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 completely obliterate a, a playoff team. Now St. Louis did not look great, but it it wasn't even competitive. The series it was the most one sided series I've watched in years. And then they go into an exceptionally tough second round series, which quite frankly is the caliber of a Stanley Cup final, and they lose it in six games. Like I, to me, that's not the recipe for make considerable changes. 
you do have a couple of interesting decisions to make, though, right? Philip Grubauer and Nett, I think, is a curious one. I actually, I think Grubauer had a very good season. I think he's had multiple good seasons now in a row. I don't think he had a great playoff series. I think last night was ugly. Um, but that's certainly a decision point. The other thing I think is more structural, which is Colorado struggled mightily with the Vegas forecheck. And that is not an area where they struggled at any point against anyone over the last two seasons. Um, the question that I would be asking if I'm Joe Sackick or if I'm Jared Bednar or if I'm even you know, within the player ranks is, is this a talent issue? Is it a structure issue? Why did we melt against this forecheck? Or is the forecheck really just so overpowering that it's going to do this to every single team? I don't think that's the answer because Minnesota actually held up a little bit better than Colorado did against the forecheck. I think there's interesting questions to resolve this summer, but from a personnel standpoint, I mean – to me, you blow it up here, you're going to do what the Capitals did in 2010, 2011, 2012, and they went the Adam Oates route, and they changed everything about them, and their team identity, and then they ended up wasting three seasons until they got back to exactly where they were in the first place. So, Yeah, you're absolutely right about that magnification, though, in terms of, of what the Gold Knights were able to do against the Avalanche because they were so all over them. And once there was blood in the water, there really wasn't any turning back. And I think it's just that pressure that was compounding all of a sudden they're losing, you know, they, they lost four straight games. Like I, I knew that the Knights were going to make it a series, but to go four straight after winning the first two and granted game two was kind of questionable in general. It's just a very interesting case study as many of the teams are going to be as we head into the expansion draft. But that is a conversation for a different town today and for, for, us maybe many weeks from now but in terms of the acquisitions that have been made in the previous offseason maybe at the trade deadline in terms of the final four teams remaining which player uh, that has recently been added has had the biggest impact on their squad during this postseason for you oh um that's a really good question um i i I'll, I'll say this much. Um, this is this is kind of far out in the universe, but th- there's a few players that were not acquired this season but have really changed the dynamic of their, that team. And number one, I mean, Vegas does not win this series without Mark Stone in that lineup completely undressing Nathan McKinnon for six games. I mean, let's just let's call a spade a spade, right? Like the, the, the dissecting of that roster in that series is going to happen for the next few weeks. Um, but at the end of the day, the Nathan McKinnon line got outscored 4-1 to one by the Mark Stone line at even strength. Um, and on top of that, I think Vegas ran 70% expected goals against that Colorado top line, which is unheard of over the last three seasons. I, you, you, Mark Stone has established himself as the best all-around forward in the league. I, I, I think that is a point that Patrice, the crown that Patrice Bergeron held for years and maybe Ryan O'Reilly co-held it with him for years. Mark Stone is the guy now. I, that they was the biggest acquisition, and and go look back at that deal that Vegas made, where you know they give up a blue chip defensive prospect, which you don't love doing. You give up Limber, you give up the second round pick, and it's like okay, there's something there for Ottawa, and Ottawa is still going to have something there for a very long period of time. Um, but this was not the Max Pacioretty, Nick Suzuki, all sides win type of trade. It looks like Ottawa just got absolutely fleeced in a in a deal that you couldn't possibly win because Mark Stone was not going to re-sign there. Um, and it's fundamentally changed everything about the Golden Knights. I mean, they have Chandler Stevenson, a fourth-line forward, who looks every bit the part of a top-six player at this point in his career because he brings a high-end speed dynamic that complements a ridiculous all-around game from Mark Stone 
and the shooting capabilities of Max Pacioretty. I mean, they basically built another top line with the Marchessault line, and and that sort of stuff. I mean, like you know, you're going to get the Pietrangelo discussions. Uh, Montreal has made a number of moves in the last few last few months. Um, Tampa Bay in the in the in the run up to their first Cup title, going to get Coleman and Goodrow and these guys. I mean, every team's made moves that have moved the needle in some direction. But the actual, like, short to medium range fate of the Golden Knights changed in a very positive manner when they freezed Ottawa. I mean, there's no there's no other way to say it. They they have the best all around forward in the league at this point, and you don't and they get that for three assets, one a second round pick, a throw in player, and a blue chip prospect like that. That's a deal you make every day of the week. TSN analyst Travis Yost joining us here on the Playmakers. Travis, as we turn our attention to uh, the the series here in Las Vegas between the Knights and the Montreal Canadiens, who we have not seen this season, obviously, just based on how the NHL has structured themselves. What's the one thing that Golden Knights fans need to understand about Montreal and their brand of hockey that they played this season? Um, <laughs> well, they finished 18th in gold differential. I'd probably start there. Um, and in, in, in all seriousness, like, well, number one, that's the reason why Vegas is a four and a half to one favorite in this series. But, um, the one thing I would say is there's two things, there's two core competencies in Montreal that Vegas needs to be aware of. And it was true last year, too, that led into their upset of Pittsburgh in the qualifying round. This is a good even strength team. I mean, they, they play fast. Um, they're, they're speedy on the wings. Um, they generate a ton of offensive volume. Uh, there's three teams in the league that generate uh, I, what I would consider a, say, a considerable amount of shots on a night-in, night-out basis. Um, two of those are Colorado and Vegas, and they ended up being one and two in terms of even strength scoring this year. And number three is Montreal. Now, Montreal lacks some finishing talent and usually finishes middle of the pack in scoring, but they will spend a lot of time in the offensive zone, and Vegas is going to have to play some defense in this series. There's no doubt about that. They're not to the extent that Vegas is a heavy favorite in the series, they're they're going to have shifts in this game where they're or in this series where they're going to be bottled up in the defensive third, and they're going to need to be clean and not make the mistakes and break out clean. Um, the second piece is like you know what Montreal is playing better this postseason. Um, the upset of Toronto was not insignificant, uh, but on the other hand, they are they went through a exceptionally easy let's say first two rounds relative to what maybe Vegas saw. Uh, they do have Carey Price in net, and Carey Price, who has not been the same, let's say, elite caliber goaltender since maybe 2016 or 2017, it feels like he's turning back the clock a little bit, and that's great news for Montreal and bad news for Vegas because if you got one criticism for Vegas that's legitimate, uh, this team has struggled in the past with, with finishing um, in the offensive zone. And that's been against a wide range of talent of goaltenders, right? We saw what happened with Demko. I mean, they, almost every single series, except for the Colorado series at this point, um, Vegas has struggled to convert on their chances, and Carey Price is not going to give them any freebies. So, uh, again, I expect a relatively lower-scoring series. Um, I expect that, that Montreal will be a, an equitable test for Vegas. But I, to be quite honest, I mean, this is a step down even for Minnesota. This is a series that Vegas should win. Um, it would, in fact, be a disappointment if they did not. I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. I think if you put these two teams on paper, it's not even freaking close. But Carey Price, the name, the myth, and and the the play that he's putting on right now, there's an extra weight that's added on with on uh, on shooters facing him because you not only have to beat a goaltender that's finding ways to to keep the puck out of the net uh, in, in a hot streak in the playoffs, but he also happens to be Carey Price. And so, as you already mentioned, the Golden Knights know how to kind of put themselves into a uh, offensive straight 
straitjacket of sorts. What's the best type of plan of a, of attack to make sure that they can crack carry price? Like what areas of the ice do you think that they would get the most push out of um, in, in terms of not allowing themselves to get wrapped up in the, you know, let's fire all these shots on net, pump up the, the opposing goaltender and then maybe win it two to one. But that's not a game I want to play against yeah. this Montreal team right now. Yeah, I think it's a great question, and I think it's the same recipe to what worked actually in the Colorado series. They may be two very different teams, but Colorado and Montreal, I just combined the two. I like that. Brilliant. Montreal. Um, Colorado and Montreal, both, again, they will generate heavy shot. They will generate heavy volumes in the offensive zone. You're not going to see a, 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 you know, a lethal amount of time with the puck, um, but what Vegas did in the Colorado series so well was force Colorado into playing broadly and into making mistakes. And that forecheck from Vegas destroyed the, destroyed the Colorado blue line time and time again. The number of defensive zone turnovers and gaffes from the avalanche was like I had never seen before. And the reason why it's so important is we know chances off the rush, chances off rebounds, and chances off turnovers go in at an exceptionally higher rate than normal, normal shooting sequences, right? And I, I look at Montreal's blue line. It's somewhat thin. And Jeff Petrie's health is a huge question mark here. And Jeff Petrie is the team's best defenseman, right? Shea Weber's been a phenomenal player through his entire career. And he's having a fantastic season again. But Jeff Petrie is the guy who's going to take it both ways of the ice. Um, he's, he's incredible through the neutral zone. A gifted breakout player. In his absence um, or, or with his health uh, of concern, Montreal is fairly light on guys who are going to be able to corral and break that puck out. Um, and, and again, certainly a step down from the Devin Tays and Kale McCars of the world, who I think tried to not play it simple enough and I think got burned more on more than two dozen occasions over the course of that series. I, I think it's a real risk for Montreal. And I think what you're going to hear a lot of in the coming days about Montreal is about playing it simple and keeping it simple in the defensive third because – I, I don't think they have the talent um, or the capability to deal with that forecheck. I think they are going to make mistakes, and you would know this better than anyone, but the, the quickest way to turn a hot goaltender cold is to force him to move east to west nonstop, um, forechecking in deep and getting those pucks either into the slot or in between the circles as quick as possible. So that that's the sort of recipe that, and quite frankly, it may be the only recipe you've got to beat, beat Terry Price the way he's playing right now. Well, you might be right about the the Petrie importance, but all I know is that I don't want to step in front of a Shea, the- or Shea Theodore, Shea Weber slap shot, no, even with goalie either. pads on, let alone with the amount of shots that the Golden Knights block. So there's so many great storylines to glean from. So we appreciate you, Trav. Of course, anytime, guys. Travis Yost of TSN. Follow him online, Twitter, T-R-A-V-I-S-Y-O-S-T. Travis Yost, always good to uh, catch up with him. And, you know, what we also, you know, didn't mention, you know, last year when the Knights were taken out of the Western Conference Finals in five games by Dallas, Mm -hmm. Corey Perry is on this Canadiens team. You can't imagine, I'm sure, that they are picking his brain right now Mm -hmm. in terms of, like, what did you guys do? to kind right. of make... Kind of take... well, we can ask Yanmark the same thing, though. Well, we no, asked absolutely. that when he traded here. I mean, they could be talking to John Merrill about all the insights because he was our wild card, that the D that could play forward and go score some goals. But there's there's a lot of experience on that Montreal Canadiens roster, and it starts with that most important place with that crease. Shea Weber's played in big games. Uh, you already mentioned uh, a couple of those big-time players, but when you have Corey Perry's of the world, when you have that type of experience and that grit to... 
get it done because you don't know how many seasons you have left. I don't know how many one-year deals that Corey Perry can just sign and, and, and keep going that way. It's, I mean, like when you get this far, you don't want to fall short. So the capabilities, your, your ceiling right now, you don't really know where it is because it's just you show up and it's whatever – Everybody brings their level to that day. That's what makes playoff hockey so special. Well, there's only four teams left, and we know that both the Vegas and certainly Montreal have the resiliency to come back from deficits when it comes to just losing games, let alone just goal scoring. Montreal's led for like a very long time, though, for for a majority of these playoffs, and that's the thing. They get that early goal, and then they just shut it down. And I was surprised. I, I haven't done my deep dive on the Canadians, uh, but when Travis said that they they spend a lot of time in the offensive zone and fire a lot of shots, I was like, Really? Interesting. I don't know if that's going to be a ca- the case against the Golden Knights, but that if they already know how to play that D and to, and to shut that down, that's that's a pretty good recipe for at least some success. Well, confidence is key, no doubt about it. Both these teams have won their series and won two of them, so uh, this will be one of the more interesting matchups. And yes, for the first time in many, many moons, you'll hear two anthems. At uh, T-Mobile Arena come Monday night. Seems so far away, though. It really does. It's going to be a long, so a long weekend mm-hmm. of uh, of thinking about the playoffs. This will never happen again, where we will f- see the Montreal Canadiens in the conference finals. Never again. Yeah. What yeah. a moment to be alive and be a Knights fan. Yeah, four, uh, four teams left. Here. Knights, Canadiens, Tampa, and the Islanders. Uh, that series gets underway on Sunday afternoon. All right. As we move on. Russell Wilson. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.